happy day. I'm Eliza Blass, your storyteller. I'm raising two very unique kids, both suffering from conditions like anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD, and more. Just when I thought life couldn't get any harder, the universe dropped a big old lemon on us in the form of Lyme disease. Since my darkest days, I have healed, and I know our stories have more gratitude than grievance. Meet more inspirational storytellers and self-healers right here. Let's heal one story at a time. Happy day. Welcome to episode 22 of Very Happy Stories. So how are you feeling today? Let me rephrase that. Do you know how to feel? Today, I am getting back to basics with Crystal Waltman, athlete, speaker, and author of Quitting to Win, which was awarded the number one health book of the year. She is amazing. But here's the thing. Crystal has the number one health book, but there was a time she battled a very serious disease, alcoholism. And what allows her to become this author, speaker, sober, public figure today is she has had to relearn how to feel. And I think a lot of us could relate to this. Everyone has a battle in their life. Maybe it's that one thing you've always been looking to overcome, whether it's judgment or shame or addiction. This is such an important episode for you today. In this episode, Crystal will tell us the six things that we need every day in order to feel our best and process our emotions because nervous energy can be good, even powerful when it is channeled in the right way. My biggest takeaway from Crystal's big six basics is connection, connection with humans and connection to a higher power because the opposite of addiction is connection. So get ready to get back to basics, my friends. This is Crystal's Very Happy Story. Happy day. I am so excited to have this conversation with Crystal Waltman today. Welcome, Crystal, to Very Happy Stories. Thanks, Liza. It's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Um, So what I am really looking forward to, Crystal, is having this conversation about how to feel. I know that a lot of us today with COVID fatigue and the chaos of raising children, I mean, sometimes we forget how to do it even, or maybe even have to learn for the first time. So easy to feel happiness and joy, but think a lot of us don't know how to properly feel sadness or anxiety or uncertainty. So I am so excited to have you here. But before we get into that, tell me and tell the listeners a little bit more about you. What is Crystal's story? Well, thanks, Liza. Um, I am Crystal Waltman, athlete, author, speaker, and coach. Um, I played collegiate softball, won a national championship, and that ingrained in me um, how to work hard, but then also celebrate hard. So I started drinking at a young age, but as a very high performer. Then I went on to get married and have kids, and alcoholism just slowly crept crept up on me. You know, it's a progressive disease and it slowly crept up on me after taking a break from 
for breastfeeding for two years, my body never metabolized it the same. I just had a lot of blank spaces in my life and I had to surrender. I had to ask for help, say, this is not working anymore. I was caught in that insanity of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And socially, you know, it was very acceptable to be with the kids and be drinking. And, and, And a lot of people can do that, but some people are wired differently. And, you know, they're born with that gene where one, you know, if one's good, Two's better, you know, it's the disease of more, right? So how did it show up for you? How does it, does it show up differently for you than it does other, another mom? Because I've certainly been with moms at a play date or, you know, going out on a Friday. So tell me, how does it show up differently? Well, it showed up for not, you know, I wasn't present for my child. I was more about just like, Let's get everybody settled so we can sit back and have a cocktail. Um, my, my husband traveled a lot and I felt a sense of loneliness, you know, and that was something that I really, alcohol is but a symptom of the problem. So once you take that out, then you have to deal with the real problem. So it's just a socially, it's a social, you know, coping mechanism. Yep. And then, you know, I really had to deal with what was going on after that, but it, it, It came out for me drinking and driving, and I saw some of my friends lose their license and not be able to drive their kids for a year, and Arizona just upped their laws, slowly getting tougher and tougher, zero tolerance as they should, and I was just, I didn't want to lose all the responsibility of being a mom. You know, I wanted to be a mom so bad, and then having her, why was I doing that? Why was I living in that? Why was I playing small? You know, I was just, it was all I could do to just get myself dressed and get up and get going again. But I thought I was more fun to be with. I thought I was a better mom, like all these self-limiting things that we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can continue with our addiction. It's just BS. It, it, It really is because you are not more creative. You know, you have everything. God has given you everything you need inside. And it's just a matter of tapping into that and having that spiritual connection to bring that out. But you have everything you need inside it and you don't need the artificial stimulant to make you feel funny or creative or sexy or, you know, whatever that is that you're trying to get out of that outside substance. Yep. No, I definitely hear you. And so was there, tell us about the moment or if there was a moment where you kind of made this connection of, I don't want to do this anymore. How did that look for you? It was just another night of drinking and driving with my kid in the car. And I had went out and said, oh, I'm not going to drink. You know, I have my daughter. I'm not going to drink tonight. And then, you know, after saying no to the waiter two times, you know, and then the third time it comes around, it's like, okay, well, I'll just have one. And then one turns into three. And then, you know, next thing I'm drinking and driving again. And I'm just like, I don't want, I got home, I got her in bed and I just fell to my knees. And I just said, I need help. I had to reach out. I, I, my husband was traveling and, and then I told him, I said, I need help. I can't, I, every week, every Monday, I would go through this same cycle of, I'm not going to do that again. I don't want to drink anymore. I don't feel good, you know, and it just manifests itself in all these different ways and taking that simple thing out. It's not that simple to stop, right? Because it's a progressive disease. It's not something that just like hits you right away. It like slowly creeps up on you. 
I fell to my knees and surrendered and just asked for help. And the next day when I was pushing my daughter in the swing in our front yard, um, one of my neighbors came over and um, I knew she was the only person on the street that didn't drink. And I said, how did you stop drinking? And she said, come with me on Sunday. She goes, meet, meet me, meet me Sunday at my house at five o'clock. So we went and I thought we were going to go to dinner and she was going to tell me all about it. Right. So we get in her car, we drive to this beautiful part of town and by between the mountains where all the great restaurants are, we go to this gorgeous church, past the sanctuary, around to the back to the meeting space and we get out and it was my first day a meeting. Wow. And well, my first one that I went to, I kind of got tricked into going, right? But I right. went, so we got there. But when I was 20, I got pulled over for drinking and driving also. And at that time, I had to attend these five meetings and pay a fine. And I was in college at the time. So mm-hmm. I had sat through these meetings before and I was like, okay. oh, maybe I have this. Oh, everybody doesn't black out. Oh, it's a genetic thing. Like that's where I really learned about alcoholism. Mm -hmm. But then it still took me another 20 years to get back to the room. And so I walk in with her who then becomes my spiritual advisor, my sponsor, and everybody's hugging. There's about a hundred people there. Mm -hmm. Everybody's hugging. They come over to greet me. And I'm like, I just feel so awkward in my skin, right? Like, why is everybody so happy? (laughs) And, you know, it took me a year to get to that point on my own. Like I cried, I couldn't speak, you know, in these meetings and you just keep going till you hear, you know, you keep going and you eventually will hear your story and hear how somebody came out on the other side. And it's basically learning to feel again and going into this, learn to feel going through this step program taught me how to feel because when you feel one of these five to seven emotions, then you can tie it back to what is my character defect? Like, am I angry? Why am I angry? Why am I lonely? Why am I anxious? Why do I have anxiety about going out with my friends? You know, your friends, like, so you're able to identify the, so now I have the tools to identify the emotion. And I walk through this exercise with my daughter as well. Cause yeah, I can that's see so important. she starts to get something. It could be homework. It could be getting ready for um, a sporting practice, you know, or if I start to see her getting like antsy and I just go, okay, let's breathe. What are you feeling? And then why are you feeling that? Like, is it okay? Well, you're getting anxious because you don't, you can't find your socks, for example, mm-hmm. right? Do you think that showing up without socks is going to make you any last? No, you are still this. So I have this exercise that I gained from the step program. I love that. It has just given me the keys to the kingdom. You know, it, it's, I feel like I have this special, like this secret power that I just want to share with everybody. You know, I think that's so important because I have to say, um, I, I really understand the whole importance of needing to feel, and I do want to get into your strategies more, but it, it came to my attention not too long ago that my daughter does not reside in her body. She has been chronically ill with Lyme disease, major deep anxiety, deep depression issues. And I think there are a lot of people and kids that are just highly sensitive. And we had learned through therapy that she kind of had left her body. 
we were doing um, an energy scan with the therapist and the therapist said, let's do a scan. Let's run through our body. And it was a practice and an exercise that my daughter couldn't do. And she was very uncomfortable. And the therapist asked her, are you in your body? And my daughter said, no. I'm not. And I think there are people that do this where it's so painful to feel all of the feelings and that as a defense mechanism or a coping mechanism, you know, some people use alcohol, some people have other things that she actually put up kind of a boundary to her own body, which was really sad to hear as a parent, but it was such an awakening to, it's so hard to feel all the feelings. I understand where she's coming from because if she thinks like her body's diseased, right, or she has yes. that, then, then why would you want to be in it? You know what I mean? And I, yes. I feel the same way about about mine. And you know those those thoughts of suicide or leaving your body or leaving, you know, that's all really real when you have a disease. And so I was born with this disease, but the disease is not who I am, right? Yes. And it has given me the strength and the and the power now, but it, it's a daily thing that you only get a daily reprieve from, as I'm sure this hers as well, right? It matters what you put in your body, that you connect, that you sleep, that you drink water. Like it's you have to manage it every single day, and it's just exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I understand why she wants to leave her body. I mean, that is that is a basic emotion of somebody who turns into an addict because they want to escape. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, it's as basic as that. Yeah. Right. So two things first, tell us how do you do it? What are the steps that you need to take each and every day so that you can show up for your daughter, you know, focus on your career, do all the things you need to do and be such a high performer and feel all of these emotions too. Mental health right? They're starting to kind they, they're kind of switching the rhetoric on it um, mm-hmm. because to make it mind health. So how do we keep our mind healthy or how do we mental keep our mental health? Right? So I have these six things that I have to do every day mm-hmm. and they're so basic, but not everybody might think about them. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have to do these six things before I can do anything else. <laughs> because if I'm not in the right mind, I can't participate in the day. You know, just because I took alcohol out, I still, you know, have depression. I still go through waves of emotions and, but I'm able to recoup and not cause any damage, right? So I can identify it and then just um, sit it out. Like, okay, I'm going to sit this out. <laughs> Get, coach, put me on the side. I need a break. Yep <laughs> out. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, so my husband and I have that kind of dialogue, like, okay, I'm off today. I need something. Okay. So here's the basic six things that I'll go through. One is water. We cannot live without water. And dehydration comes out in many different ways, right? It can make you feel hungry. It can make you feel cloudy. It can make you feel tired. So the basic water, make sure you're getting your water intake. I wake up every day and drink water right away. The formula for water is half of your body weight in ounces. And that is so important. And I think Mm -hmm. that our society in general, the majority is walking around dehydrated. You know, you have to eat the food You need to eat food with water in it. And that is God-made food, right? So apples, oranges, fruits, and vegetables have water in it. If you're eating packaged food, then you have to carry around the water bottle with you all day, right? Because you have to counter what you're eating with extra water. Right. So water, 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 water all day, you know, that feeds the soul and it just makes you feel great. 
second thing is sleep. You have to protect your sleep. How do you do that? How do you protect the sleep? How do moms protect the sleep? So I have an alarm that goes off at 7.30 at night. And no matter what's going on in the house at all, we, we stop and switch into a routine. A great idea. And it's just, okay, you know, stop. If homework's not done, that's fine. If dinner's not cleaned up, the kitchen's not cleaned up, that's fine too. But we stop what we're doing and start our sleep routine, which is also known as sleep hygiene. And that looks like just going through the same thing, you know, making your bed when you wake up or getting into a made bed, you're making sure you set your alarms, putting your clothes out for the morning. It just basic, basic stuff, brushing your teeth, washing your face, hanging up your towel, you know, all this stuff, saying your prayers, reading, making sure you don't have that you have the proper lighting and the proper temperature in the room, you know, setting up for a good night's sleep. Because if you can't get into that REM sleep, then your body can't recover, right? So as an alcoholic, I was always running on, you, you never get into that REM sleep. So your body is deteriorating day by day instead of rebuilding. Yeah. And people will say like, oh my gosh, you look so much younger than you ever had before. And I think it's just a matter of sleep, water, you know, eating good food. And you do look amazing, by the way. Like when we popped onto the Zoom, I was like, you look amazing. Thank you. So I will be doing this. Thank you. And it is just as simple as it is, you know, it, it can be, it could, can be overwhelming, but if you just go back to the basics, you don't have to do anything fancy. Okay. So it's, Water can't survive without water. Then it's sleep. Then it's movement. Movement. So when you either after dinner go for a walk or, you know, making sure that you're getting up from your desk every hour for 10 minutes or every three hours for 10 minutes, you know, when the, when the kids are sitting on their computers, I mean, just like us at the office, you know, it's time blocking, but you have to get outside. You need the sunshine. You need to walk. You don't have to join CrossFit. You don't have to do a gym, you know. You can just walk to and get the mail every day, you know, walk and get the mail every twice a day, walk your dog. You know, a lot of people have dogs that don't mm -hmm. even walk them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a matter of getting outside. You need that vitamin D. You need the fresh air. I, I have grass in my backyard and I walk, put my feet in the grass every day. And earthing. Earthing. I, right. Isn't that what it's called? Earthing. earthing is a real thing for kids. There's a reason that they should play in the dirt and, you know, get a little messed up. Um, on the playground, you know, feel that sweat, feel the dirt, you know, those are part of building the immune system and being outside. So movement. And then of course, you know, you got to pump your heart. So by walking helps your digestion. It helps pump your heart. It, it just helps everything. So walking, just basic walking, I call it movement Sure. and whatever that looks like, go outside, throw the ball with your kids bounce the ball against the wall, you know, just simple stuff. dancing, dancing. You, you don't need anything fancy. It's not, you know, you don't have to sign them up for an activity. This is all stuff that you just do at home, do together and make it part of your well-being. This is my kind of movement. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, just basic movement. Food is the fifth mm -hmm. one. You got to eat real food. So there's eating versus feeding. So are you eating just to eat and not aware of what you're eating or you're eating just because it's lunchtime or I need to eat something. So it's like unconscious eating, you know, where, yeah. and then there's feeding when you're eating enzyme rich foods where you're feeding your soul and you're feeding for a high performance, high thinking day. And so eating versus Love feeding. That. So that's just the basics and food. 
can get very cumbersome to, to a lot of people. And, and for me, after I stopped the alcohol noise, then it switched to food. And I was like, I have to come up with this solution because I don't want to pass an eating disorder onto my daughter. Yeah. Crystal, what is that about eating? And I love your eating versus feeding. I've never heard that before. And I think that's so easy to just you know, click in my head. Are you feeding or are you eating? But what is it about eating that a lot of us gravitate to for comfort? Or I've been known to do this. I'm uncomfortable. I can't handle what I'm feeling right now. I'm going to just take a walk into the pantry. What, why is that? Why does it happen? Because it releases chemicals and dopamines at that moment and satisfies what you're feeling. So, you know, it, it is like an Got aspirin it. for your feelings. It, it it does. It makes you feel better instantly, but it doesn't make you, mm-hmm. your body feel better. Then it has a residual, you know, say ice cream is like the highest yep. food that you can eat with, you know, all you have to do is go to the freezer and get it and you spoon it out and you get that instant dopamine rush with the least yep. amount of trying to get it. Right. So that's, that is the easiest thing to do to make you feel better is go for a bowl of ice cream walking, you know, feeling uncomfortable in your skin or walking around in your kitchen or your house. You know, a lot of people do, they go to the pantry or or would just grab a pretzel or whatever, not dealing with what they're feeling. Right. So that might be a time to go outside, look up in the sky, say, what am I feeling? Am I feeling lonely, anxious, tired, and identify that feeling. And then why are you feeling that? Because it's a new work project, or I'm going to have an interview with a new person. Right. And so I just got this nervous energy, you know, nervous energy can be very positive channeled in the right way. You know, very mm-hmm. high performers have all these, these quirks about them. You know what I mean? It's not that they're wired, right? They're wired special. And if you can channel that, it is fantastic. You just gave me an idea because a lot of times if I'm aware enough, if I'm practicing enough self-care, I can journal when I'm feeling the angst as opposed to hitting the pantry. I need to leave a little journal in my pantry. That's <laughs> so a great idea. I find myself in there, maybe I'll pick it up and stop myself. Okay. All right. So we've got five now after food. Is that right? Is there one more? There's one more. Yeah. Connection. So connection, connection. to a higher power and connection with humans. So, you know, after you do all those things, you sleep, you drink water, you eat the right food, you move, you need to uh, have a daily connection because the opposite of addiction is connection, right? When, when yeah, you, say that again. That's so important. Op- say that one more time. The opposite of addiction is connection. So when you're going for that sugary food, you are not feeling connected to what you're feeling because you're looking for that dopamine hit right? Whether it be sugar, could be a smoke, could be a drink, could be a distraction by scrolling on the phone, you know, getting the the like dopamine hit from your phone. So connection. Mm -hmm. So connection needs to be in two two forms, spiritual connection with the higher power to believe in something greater than yourself and human connection. You know, your skin, there is a real thing called skin hunger. You know, you need to be hugged. You need to be touched. You need to be, you know, and skin. You need to feel someone. (laughs) So there's the connection is twofold. It's spiritual and it's physical, you know, holding hands with your kids or wrestling with them a little bit or 
you know, going to get yourself a massage, whatever that looks like, or, and, you know, and then Mm -hmm. the emotional connection can just be calling three friends a day and saying, how are you? You know, and that simple thing can get you out of your head and feel that connection, you know, instead of just be like, oh, what are we doing this weekend? It's like, no, how are you today? And then you just pause and then you just connect, you know, and that gets you right out of your head, puts you right into service. And so that's it. And that is the simple, the simple steps of what we're calling mind health or mental health awareness or self-care, you know, whatever words you want to call it, it is just the basics and go back to basics, go back to basics, but do the work. Do the work. Right. I mean, they are basics, but it is, it's, um, that's where all the work is. That's where all the change happens. And you had talked about connection and having the spiritual connection. And what I love about your story is even though you may have felt disconnected when you were an alcoholic, you still had the spirituality enough to ask the right person. Mm in your neighborhood. I mean, that's a spiritual moment, you know, and for her to take you to that AA meeting. I mean, there is definitely something spiritual about that. And I kind of think this is a good segue into your message. I had read about, you carry this message of faith over fear. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? This has really come strong in during COVID and it's been a year now that I've been just faith over fear every single day. It's our daily mantra. When we're going to decide what we do, are we going to go out to the park? Are we going to go do this? You know, are we going to see somebody? I am not, I believe in faith over fear. It's God's time, not mine. There's no reason to be anxious, to be scared, to instill any of those feelings into the kids. Right. And so I had to start, I have to start with myself first by leading my family, you know, because the mother is the thermometer of the household. You know, if things are running hot, you know, if things are running hot, you got to turn it down and bring it back down. If things are cold, you got to warm it up. Like we, that we have the most best job in the world and the most powerful, you know, as the mother of the household. And when COVID came, you know, it just really strong. I just kicked right into faith. I was like, this is bigger than me. This is out of our control. And all we can do is stay in faith. We can do all those things to stay healthy. Yep. And it, it is just amazing what's happening. You know, the suicide rates are up in Arizona and um, Nevada. Kids are really, you know, it takes an active parent to be able to pull their kids out of what would happen to them naturally just by this EDL, you know, online learning stuff. Like you right. have have to remind them, get up in between your classes, go outside, put your feet in the grass, you know, because otherwise it's not their fault. And what's happening to people is not their fault. It's just happening because of our artificial intelligence and what's happening on the phone and the feeds that you're getting. And, you know, your curated feeds of everything you like, it's giving you more information that, that either instills fear in you, you know, and you're like, oh, And it's not our fault, but this is the attention economy. You know, everybody wants our eyes and our ears. And we have to be so careful what we take in and how we filter that. You know, we have to be careful of what data we're taking in between our eyes and ears. And we have to be careful of the food that we intake. You have to be ultra aware of your input. I agree. It's all about awareness. It is. It is yeah. about being aware of everything you take in, not just what you eat, but the content you take in, the noise, the chatter, 
And before you can filter, you have to have awareness. And that goes back to your principles though, too. If you handle your six principles and you do the work, it's easier to be aware. It is. And these are like things that they should be teaching in school every day. Why don't we, why aren't we instilling these good faith, you know, good boundaries that we need in, in advertising? And that really is my bigger mission is to, you know, go to Capitol Hill and, and change the laws of alcoholism. I mean, and alcohol advertising. Yeah. Like they so important. Tobacco. Just like they did for, you know, people are dying every day. If, you know, one mom can hear this and say, it's okay to get help, or this isn't serving me anymore. I'm just going to take a look at it and just take a look at what's serving you and, you know, be there for your family. It's okay. That's such an important message. We're coming in the end, but I do have something very, very important to ask you. What would be your one piece of advice to another parent to help them help their kid in learning how to feel? Well, I think that the most detrimental thing to a child is the unlived life of a parent. So therefore, when your child, when you ultra focus on your child and say that they have something, right? And you have to advocate for your child, of course, and you have to go through discovery mode and you have to see what's happening. But then just like my disease, I have it, but it is not who I am, right? So you have to get past that and then just treat them like a, a normal human, right? It's not ultra sensitive to, because then they want to escape their body because they think that they're like defective, right? So I would say to tell them that they're perfect, just the way they are. They have everything they need from within. God did not make any mistakes. You know, he made you just the way you are. He gave you me, you got me and together we are in this and we can do it. You know, that's just, oh yes, we have that, but look at all this other stuff that we have to give. I love that. So I think shifting after you go through that discovery mode and, you know, every parent faces that at some point along the learning curve with their, with their children's health or, you know, education or something, and you got to shift out of it. Right. And, and, and use it as a, as a building block. You do. I speak the same message too. And really the focus to help our kids be happy and healthy is to make sure we are happy and healthy. And that's really where all the work is. I agree. So I think the parents should live their life, you know, as an example of how they want their child to live their life. A hundred percent. Okay, Crystal. So before we go, tell us where can listeners find you? Thanks. Yes. At crystalwaltman.com. That's C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-W-A-L-T-M-A-N.com. And I have a ton of resources there, some free downloads, Um, You can join a group and, you know, to continue the conversation. And I will also offer your guests a free book if they just pay for shipping. So just click on the, on the link, work with me, and then you'll see the book right there. And this is the book, Quitting to Win. Yes, Quitting to Win. And it won Health Book of the Year for 2020. Congratulations. Thank you. Just for the busy moms, it's available on audiobook and Kindle and, you know, anywhere books are sold, Target. Barnes and Noble, Walmart, you know, you can pick it up anywhere. So just, um, you know, feed your soul and quitting to win. I love it. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thanks, Liza. 
Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and download my free Thrive Guide on VeryHappyStories.com. My Thrive Guide has my best practices for setting yourself up for happiness. And of course, I would love to connect with you on social media. Until next time, have a happy day. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.